for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 303. Thanks to the good people at Nitgear and Hisense. Trevor Long with you from EFTM.com.au and Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. G'day, mates. Good morning. I'm still in my pyjamas, mate. I don't think we've ever recorded this early. Is it okay? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm normally an early riser. You're an athlete, aren't you? Normally up hours <laughs> I, before now. I am, yeah. I'm normally in the gym early, yeah. But uh, it's great to see you so early in the morning. Thanks for accommodating my early schedule. Have you gone, by the way? Uh, Have you missed me in the last week? Not at all. We saw each other every day. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Have you enjoyed your But those photos you've sent me every three hours have helped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, not quite. But uh, yeah, it was like having a holiday. Yeah, it was but a bit. with my family, it was a bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got to see my actual family yeah. instead of my podcast long, family. That was a long trip, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. seemed to go forever. It's it swear never to do we it again. Away for a month, didn't it? Where were we? I no, thought we were two weeks, less than just under two weeks. But I thought we left on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Felt that way, didn't it? <laughs> two blokes talking tech with latest tech news of the week, and it is what we would describe in the business as a slow news week. But we will it's ramp it up. Light. Very light week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, um, speculation for a long time about uh, what Apple's doing with the car. There's been a project going on. They've recruited people. They've lost people. It's been all the comings and goings. There's been speculation for a long time. Is Apple building a car? And interestingly, while we're at WWDC, Bloomberg got a sit-down interview with Tim Cook um, and asked him the very straight and simple question, what are they doing in the car space? And rather than the normal batted away kind of, you know, I'm not going to answer that question, Clearly, that this was—I feel like this was arranged. You know, it's like well, I'm happy to go on the record now about the yeah. car because it felt like he was really ready for this question. But he—he he was very interesting. He, firstly, he talked about um, what I thought was most fascinating. He talked about three vectors of change happening all generally at the same time, and they are the self-driving car revolution, mm-hmm. electric cars, and ride sharing. And he said, "Look, what we're working on." So he confirmed they're working on is automation. So essentially confirming they're not going to build a car, but what they're working on is software, so software to enable things like the self-driving car and ride-sharing. Yeah, so the the, the rumours were that, oh, Apple's building a car, and so he, he's he's kind of knocked that on the head. Yeah. So it's, it's the operating system that they're talking about. Didn't we a few weeks ago talk about... Android doing the same thing with Audi and, and well, yeah, other companies like I that? I think that's a bit different. That's really just infotainment. That's just build, right. building in Android Auto into the into a car without anything else. This, to me, um, so he talked about uh, um, the focus on automation, automation systems, and he said that this is the mother of all artificial intelligence yeah. projects. So essentially what they're working on is trying to build the computing power, the computing software that can you know read the road around a car, can see the road around a car, but what's interesting here is every car company is doing the same thing. Yeah. Ford's doing it. Volvo's doing it. Tesla's doing it. There's All the car companies are doing it already. So my first question is, who's their market, right? Even well, if Apple they, have... Have they partnered with someone already? They, have, no. they wouldn't announce that anyway, would they? No, like, they haven't announced that, and I don't think they would have because I think that, that crap leaks too easily, right? Yeah. 
But if you look at the big guys, uh, Audi, BMW, Mercedes, uh, Volkswagen, they're all doing their own thing. So mm. I ask myself, what, where is Apple expecting the market to be for whatever it is they're building? And maybe yeah. this is just the point where we don't really know what they're building. But the car of the future is clearly going to have some automation. The car of the future is most likely going to be in, in many ways electric. And he said, he actually had this, this great look on his face where he said, if you haven't if you've driven in an electric car, it's a marvellous experience. So he, he's blown away by that. I don't know whether he owns a Tesla or he's, he's got one or whatever, but it was so just he, he fascinating. He own a Tesla. He probably owns Tesla. Well, but, right? but you know, that's a good point, right? Apple's got $200 billion cash, you know, reserves, more yeah, than that. Yep. Tesla, the market capitalisation of Tesla is about $50 billion. The market capitalization of BMW is about $55 billion. Yeah. So Apple could buy Tesla, Ford, and BMW and still have about $50 billion Surprise. left. Surprise. Yeah, that's, what, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Well, and one more thing, we yeah, now we own, own the automotive industry. industry. Yes, right. exactly. It's happening. So uh, I find it fascinating because it's, it, it answered one question, no, we're not building a car. Yeah. But it created a million more, and if they—it's funny because if you think this is going to put it out there and, and put to bed the speculation, uh-uh, no way. It just creates a whole new it's level a, of speculation. It's added fuel to the fire. But I, I see, I see this. Like obviously, there needs to be a level of technology in, in all cars moving forward, mm. especially automated cars and autonomous driving cars. But you know what I see here? I see that like the car industry is not the tech industry, no. and it's like it's like ten years ago when the phone industry wasn't quite the computer industry. So Apple's bringing the computer industry to the phone. So And the music industry wasn't the computer industry. Exactly right. So can you see what's happening here where Apple thinking, okay, here's another here's another massive industry ripe for disruption, Mm. ripe for us to enter it and change it how we want it to. Mm. So I can foresee this becoming uh, a a massive part of the Apple business, not not now, in the next five to ten years. And them having that same effect as they had when they totally changed all these other things we've seen in the past for the better. The interesting thing here is it could be as simple as, like most people are probably rocketing away to they're going to build an automated car software, right? But it could be as simple as they're building software that lives on a car, is able to read any car's computer system because every car is going to have its own computer system, engine management, let alone navigation and things, right? It could be as simple as they're building an interface that allows a car and the cloud to talk together so well that ride sharing is enabled far beyond the expectations of Uber. Think about the number of apps that Apple has smashed because they were good, but then Apple created their own version of it, right? Yeah. Apps that, that were on the iPhone that were doing really well that Apple just, you know, created versions of. What's to stop Apple um, putting software in, you know, a million cars that enables them <laughs> as ride-sharing vehicles, not automated, just ride-sharing? So imagine you, you own, you're, you're an Uber driver in Sydney and your next Mazda um, has this Apple Auto in it, right? Yeah. And it allows you to just press a button on the dashboard to accept jobs, to yeah. you know pick people up, when to carpool. Car, when you start the car, it'll say, "Are you driving yourself, or are you driving others today?" Yes. Maybe you can choose it'll that. Also say, "There's a software update. Do you want to install it now, or yeah, remind me later?" <laughs> Try tonight. Go away. <laughs> that is Apple's most annoying thing. It is. Um, so it may be as simple as that. It may be as simple as bringing the phone and the car together so that the the tracking of ride sharing is yeah. is better than ever before. So. Frankly, it could be anything. But I've got a question though. With Apple, we we've, we tend to see Apple uh, always make not only the operating system and the software, but they also make the hardware. Yeah. How often have you seen just Apple's software running in something 
and they haven't created and haven't designed the hardware. So they've denied they're making a car. Well, they haven't. So, he hasn't denied yeah. it, but it, it's it's just very clear that they're like, not. Look, Apple's not in the car business. It's, it's like years ago. Do you remember years ago when there were rumours that Apple was making a TV? Remember that rumour? Oh my god! And it's, it, was in, talking, it was in the book. Yeah, and they were talking about, oh yeah, we, they're, they've partnered with Sharp and all these other companies, and they're going to have their operating system. So that never eventuated because Apple don't make TVs. Mm. Will this go the same way? I know that he's talking it up, so they're involved in it. They won't ever make their own car, will Radio. they? Great. It's actually the TV is the best analogy because we've got a screen. Let's say you've got a Samsung yeah. or a Hisense TV. You've got a little Apple TV box which powers everything. Yeah. What's to say you won't have a car and an Apple car Similar box setup. built into it? You don't, Maybe you don't yeah, bring yeah. it yourself, but maybe it's built into the car. Maybe that's so, the name of it. The car box. What are they going to call it? Apple TV car box. <laughs> oh, or as, as plenty of people have said, the iCar. Gearbox. No, Apple Gearbox might be cool. Please, Stephen, just <laughs> leave the marketing to the people that called it the new iPad. No, that, that is a good point, though. They've got so the box, which it, it creates the experience on the TV, yes. just like the whatever they're going to call it in the car. The Apple Gearbox. Create the experience in the car. Could be that. Yeah. Could be that. Interesting. Anyway, ride sharing, electric cars, and automation. I still don't think it's off the off the table that uh, Apple could wait until Tesla gears up to to mass production and just buys the buggers. Absolutely, I think that Apple tends to they want to give you an end to end the customer an end to end solution. Yeah, with the phone, with the computers, everything they do. They yeah, they didn't do it with the TV. They kind of stopped at the Apple TV, but. Could this be a, a could this be a, a completely new direction for the business? Could be two blokes talking tech. Let us know what you think. Uh, just go to uh, Twitter and uh, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy is the is the hashtag on Twitter. It's Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick, our usernames. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we are in the middle of uh, E3. The uh, have you ever been to E3? You ever done an E3? No. Yeah, so I haven't done one for quite a while, but it was an annual event, a massive event for gaming. It was E3 stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo. I could think of almost nothing worse, by the way. You, re- you reckon that's actually quite a lot of fun, the gaming? Uh, maybe expo. going to Comic Con would be worse. People Comic-Con? dressed up. No, I'd love to go to Comic Con. What would you dress as? There's a Sydney well, which, suit. Uh, you've got three suits no, here in the. What, what would you dress as? I'd just wear a t shirt. I wouldn't dress up. I, I wouldn't go that far. But um, <laughs> E3, though, is not, is not quite Comic Con, but it is. It's obviously a gaming expo focused mainly on uh, Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo are the big players there, but it's all about the games. You see, first look at all these new titles and you know titles that are coming up not only in 2017 but 2018. It's a huge event. It's, it's one of those events where um, I've been several times over the years where it's at the uh, Los Angeles Convention Center next door to the Staples Center there, but it's, it's like imagine CES – not quite as big as CES, but so full on in terms of music and noise and it's just so in your face that you, it's the sort of show where you need to decompress every hour because <laughs> there's there's so much going on around you, well, all the games. Yeah, you've you've convinced me again. I have no interest. <laughs> well, if it's like going to a bar it, where you can't bloody hear a person talk. Yeah, that too. But uh, they've also got some like people dressed up in costume from the games and all these things happening. It's just a, a massive feast for the senses. But... That's on right now in LA again, and naturally, a company like Microsoft took the opportunity to announce quite a, a, a new a new console, the Xbox One X, which they're calling the world's most powerful gaming console. We're talking massive, massive uh, pr- uh, processor power, not only to give the customer, the gamer, 
a, an amazing experience, but there's also massive room for development as well. So developers have got plenty of headroom to use all that computing power. We're talking 4K gaming. There's also they're talking, uh, you know, 3D gaming. All all this ma- these massive new titles. It, it feels like it's a next gen console without going fully next gen. So it has the backward compliance and the forward yeah. compliance and all those kind of things. Because remember when the Xbox One came out, it had all these promises of graphics and things, which we I don't think we realise until even now. Do you know what I mean? Like I look at Forza Horizon 3 and I go, that is technically possible. Like how long is the, how old is the Xbox One? Like three, four years no, old? No, two years old. Okay, well, yeah. it's technically possible a couple of years ago, but it's only really coming to fruition now. Yeah. So, you know, imagine, just imagine what's possible now in yeah. three years from now on a console being released this year. It's many teraflops of power. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's that, that, that's a, thing you, a good point you brought up, that it, this can play all your old games. Yeah. So the, the, we have had that problem where platforms, it is a next-gen platform, but you need to keep your old console to play the old games. This plays everything, or even all your old, more than 400 Xbox 360 titles, so you still got your backwards compatibility there. Mm. Um, PlayStation, they didn't announce any hardware. I think, well, late last year they announced the, the uh, PlayStation Pro. Well, You've got you to remember, PlayStation's already lengths ahead. Right, they've got the Pro, which is 4K well, gaming. In they've got the they VR. Are. In a way, they are. They, they, they offer 4K gaming, but not 4K viewing. Like you know, the, the Xbox One can't play 4K games, but it, you can watch 4K discs. Whereas yes. the PlayStation 4 Pro can play 4K games, but not play 4K. But you discs. would argue for a gamer, the 4K gaming is more important, oh, right? So, course, so in terms course. of gaming, yeah. graphics, computing well, power, PlayStation were already ahead, and yeah, Xbox well, have now this, leaped this further. Is ahead. Caught up with it in terms of 4K and gaming. gone past. Yeah. So in terms of 4K gaming, definitely Xbox has has certainly caught up there. It's going to be released on November the seventh. I've already announced pricing. Mm. November seventh, it's going to be six hundred and forty nine bucks, which is puts it in the PlayStation Four Pro price range. Yep. But I think for what you're getting, it's still going to play your 4K movies, still going to be a 4K gaming device. And by November, all these titles that are going to be compatible with it are going to be released. So it's going to be an exciting time if you're an Xbox But isn't it interesting to look at the two now and compare a PlayStation Pro to an Xbox One X? Um, they're both 4K compliant, so that, that rules that out. But... PlayStation have virtual reality. We're still we're still waiting on Microsoft to jump into the. It'll be Hololens that they bring to it uh, in their own way. But I feel like they're behind they with that. You VR, know, yeah, they, they haven't done the VR, VR thing. Which and that, that was a big part of PlayStation's uh, their their press conference too. Was it was all about titles. They call it a media launch. So it wasn't. There was no hardware. It was all these massive titles, including a lot of VR titles as well. And set, PlayStation had a lot of success with. The VR was released middle of last year, so uh, they're going to continue strongly in that direction. Microsoft, yeah, they've got to they've got to play a bit of catch up in the VR department, yeah. and, and with Hololens is a great example. That's more augmented reality rather than virtual reality. I prefer but that. You'd, you'd think you'd think that the, a company like Microsoft, who's got that kind of technology already in the market, would have introduced something like that now for gamers. And to be clear, this is not a replacement console. The Xbox One S stays on the market as the entry level console, just like there's a PlayStation Four and a PlayStation Four Pro. Mm-hmm. There's now basically two versions of each. And just as a side note, I don't know if you've seen this week's Big W catalog but there's xbox one s with uh fallout for forza horizon 3 and three months stand for 269 dollars wow. can you like seriously play 4k movies yeah that's, that's so that's amazing. a 4k blu-ray player wow. uh, a, a games console with two two great games and a stand subscription for three months 269 bucks at big w get like that's it. there now it's available from today in fact get into it is what i say get it india all right uh details of the xbox one x at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech. 
You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finney. Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has the quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro just takes a few minutes to set up uh, so you can check on your home and business from anywhere using the free Arlo Pro app on your phone, tablet or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit Arlo.com slash au for more information arlo and the new arlo pro powered by netgear every angle covered two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick um i had a tip uh, la, i think it was last week that um new south wales police and service new south wales which for people outside of new south wales is you know like our rta our, out where you get your driver's yeah, license from roads and maritime they're called yes, but it's called service new south wales is the yeah. place where you go to get your driver's license okay. um are actively trialing a digital driver's license now they've announced this is going to happen but to, to know that it's it. i've already got one yeah sure you do i do but I do. to I know that it's a photo of my license yeah that is doesn't that doesn't license? count mate you'll really? still get booked right. yes but if you have a photo of your license and not your actual license mm. that can get you out of a fine bulls wool well if you get a hard-ass copper you're dead well I, i've heard that if you at least if you can at least produce evidence of your license a, a picture of your license so they they can cite that your your picture your date of birth your license number mm. it's as good as having your license well let's let's throw so that just, out just, to the listeners because exactly. we know there are some any, law enforcement police, officers yes, listening yes. Hello, uh, hey. <laughs> um, it would be very useful to know because I'm pretty confident that uh, 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 no. by the strict letter of the law you could be fined really yes. no, I, I heard I heard different I heard that if you had a, at least a photo of your license and could produce that on your phone yeah. that it's as good as having the because if that's the case this whole story is a complete waste of time <laughs> well no, no, I can understand the digital license. I can't. If you can take a photo around with you, I can understand why we well, need an app. The, the, well, the, the digital license means they don't actually have to produce a physical version of your license. Is that right? So yeah. they, they don't actually yeah. make anything. They can just, just email a me a photo. The bloody thing. They can just yeah. email me a photo. Yeah. Right. Anyway, they're actively <laughs> so. There's an app in New South Wales called Service. Oh, well, I think you're wrong. Uh, called Service New South Wales, and you can get your fishing license in it already. So it's like a swipe, oh. and there's a QR code and so stuff. Fishermen are more advanced than drivers. Correct. Drivers. Well, it's a good kind of right. testing bed. Okay. But the police have been testing how they're going to, you know, how they're going to scan them and all this kind of stuff. And later this year, they'll have public trials. And next year, there's going to be digital driver's licenses. Okay. Now, for me, this is awesome because I only carry around an Opal card and a driver's license in my wallet. That's it. Okay. Um, no so money, if- eh? No, okay. Apple Pay, mate. Hello, okay. right. um, and, and so I can I can go wallet free very soon once we get the Opal system on as well, which is equivalent to Melbourne's MyKey. Um, but what's interesting here is, uh, and this is the, my favourite thing about this, uh, essentially new laws need to be passed because mm-hmm. if you're not carrying a driver's license, what do you do if your battery is flat on your phone? Okay. Now under the new regulations, so the battery the police are going to carry around a little little belt. No, under the new regulations, <laughs> if your battery's dead. It's akin to not carrying a license. Is that right? Yes. Jeez. So headline here is Hello. in in in, in two years from now, it's going to be illegal to drive with a with flat your, battery on your, on your phone. phone. Well, just carry a cable in your phone, I get in your car, and that might let the phone 
be charged in the car. Who's driving without a, a charged phone anyway? Seriously, exactly you've got a cable right. in the car. What you're the crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, look, I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I think going wallet free is yeah, is totally. the, the 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 mecca. I, I can't wait. So you mentioned Opal, the Woolly Opal card. I used my Opal card yesterday, by the way. Man of the people. Mate, you know I used that? mine a couple of days ago <laughs> as well. I used four. I've got three kids, mate. I had to tap them all off. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you on, on the public holiday. You took the kids for a little little train yeah, ride. We had to go and uh, drop my mum off in the city. So we drove into oh, the city nice. and then That's we uh, we caught the train back. That's lovely. But did you say the Opal card's going to be digital too? Yeah, you? at some point it will be because the Opal card is, is – the people that run the Opal card system are the same people that run um, London's – don't know what it's called, yeah, but London the system. And the, the, their their system works on Apple Pay. Really? Yeah. So NFC, it's the tap yeah, tap, tap and, go. and go. Yeah, but it, no, but it's in Apple Pay. So oh. the wallet, you can have your Opal card in the Apple wallet. Okay, so you because I do know Sam, Samsung's wallet has allows you to put loyalty cards and all that yeah. in. So well, not they're not quite there with Opal. I've got yet, loyalty cards in my Apple wallet as well. They're just oh, yeah. they're just barcodes. You know, it's yeah, nothing I've, nothing I've amazing. Got my 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 frequent flyer cards and that in there yeah, as well. But they're not yeah. they're not real um, tap and go cards. They're just yeah, a digital just um, picture. Yeah. It's like carrying around a little photo of your license, mate. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, it's again, still a digital license, mate. Yeah, still well, digital. We will await the tweets <laughs> on that one. Well, I heard uh, someone someone was saying that they uh, it was a friend of mine. I can't remember who it was. Was he in Long Bay Jail at the time? It was a woman, actually. It was a woman. Was she, she in uh, she whatever pulled, the women's She got pulled is. <laughs> No. She got pulled over and said, oh, no, they said that if, if even if you had a photo of your licence, they'd accept it. Oh, yeah, good. What was what... she wearing at the time? <laughs> I, I can't tell you that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll but, tell um, you what. Yeah. It was low cut. <laughs> you think so? Well, I don't know. Is it... I think we put it out there, like you said. We, let's put it out there. I think would, she did. Would a <laughs> would a picture of your license be as good as having your license? Oh, mate, I can't wait, man. It's uh, well, we'll we'll know very very soon. We will know very very I soon. It, the same argument can be said for if you're rocked up at the airport with, with a picture of your passport. Yeah, yeah. It's not your passport, although your passport's got to be run through machines and scanned and all that sort of thing. But they don't do that with your license. No, no. Like so, your driver's license, you could technically say, "Look, I haven't got my license, but I've got a photo of it." But I do have a, a photo of my passport and license in Google Drive, so I can look it up anywhere, yeah, anytime, yeah, easy. Yeah, all right, two blokes talking tech. Be interested in your views. Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick on Twitter. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, you know, Street View is. T- have you ever looked at your own place in Street View every day? Has, has everything anything changed? Have they updated it uh, lately? I've had, I've had one update since we moved. So. Yeah, I've had an update too, and I put uh, the bins in. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the latest update, I can see my car in the driveway. So I was home when they came by. But um, Street View has really uh, – it's been around for like – was it what? Is it close to 10 years, is it? Or it's a about while. Seven, eight years at least. And it's, it's a great way to – Virtually walk the streets. Like if you, I've sometimes if you're sort of researching places to go, and you can actually take a little stroll using Google Street View to yeah, check I out the surroundings. The I mean, we were doing a story yesterday, um, the Telstra, you know, job cuts, mm-hmm. and um, Channel Nine wanted to find a Telstra store that was on the street, so they didn't have to film in a shopping center. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure there was one in North Sydney. No, nah, but I didn't want to go to the city. Yeah. I was sure there was one in North Sydney, so I just used Google Street View, and I could see it from the street. So yeah, it's it's a way of walking the streets, even though you're an Absolutely hour's drive. Right. Well, what they've done now, they've taken it to some incredible places, including Uluru. So if you've, have you ever been to Uluru? I have I, not. I have been. I've, I went in... Um, this oh, is a very old photo of my joint because there's a the, the, the old... Oh, 
dishwasher is out the front. So it's when we <laughs> move. Was it a clean up day? You know, no, it's and, and there's a, there's still a, a spot on a patch on the grass where the skip bin was. So it's like when we moved because right. this is after we renovated. So it's so. the current photo. So it's a bit old. Yeah, it's a bit old. Right. Come by, come by Google. You know where I live. <laughs> yeah, weren't you on Google? Didn't you see a Google car recently? Yeah, I'm looking forward to in London. In yes, London, yeah. yeah, all right. Anyway, Uluru. Well, Uluru is uh, now part of Google Street View, so they, they've taken the time and with the blessings of the of the national park and and the lo- and the residents, the the local um, the traditional owners, the traditional owners. Good good call, and uh, it, it is if you've never been to Uluru, it's one of those places where sorry, you sorry have only, you been? I have, yes, yeah, I have okay, been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you you really can only appreciate it when you're there, and this is as close as you're going to get without actually st- standing at the foot of Uluru. Just to give you – now, this is going to blow your mind, okay, how big Uluru is, all right? Uluru, would you believe me if I told you that Uluru is taller than Centrepoint Tower? Sorry, taller? It's taller than Centrepoint Tower. Hang on, on it, when it's on its side? No. Uluru is Are you shitting me? I'm not. That's how big it is. I had no idea. I'm telling you. So imagine – to give you an appreciation of the size of Uluru, formerly known as Ayers Rock, it's taller than Centrepoint Tower and its circumference is bigger than Centennial Park in Sydney. Wow. That's the size of Uluru. And you, with Google Street View, it gives you an appreciation of that size because they, they mapped it walking along the side of it, walking around it. They've also got these Even stories. Even they didn't walk over it. Well, they, back when I went, and I'm talking like years ago, you were able to climb it. Yeah. I actually climbed Uluru, but now they, because of the traditional owners and there's the sacred, it's a kind of a sacred site, they discourage people from yeah. climbing it. So but you know what's great really about this is they, they do a thing called um, Story Spheres yeah. as well. So it's rather than just being Street View, they have worked for two years on this thing with the traditional owners. They've got um, a great narration. They've got stories been um, been told. You can actually walk around and listen to music. It's, it's quite an immersive experience. Now, like I'll be honest, I don't think most people are going to want all that stuff but it's beautiful to walk around in street view. But just imagine the classroom. Like, this is oh, yeah. amazing for, for students, kids in a classroom yeah. to really immerse themselves because, you know, Uluru is out of reach for most school excursions. So what a fantastic way for Google to put its resources into yeah. um, an Australian icon like this and, you know, to basically capture digitally some solid history and, and real, real cultural um, um, awareness. It's a World Heritage site as well and mm-hmm. – and, it joins many, a few, a few of the many uh, like tourist attractions and sacred sites around the world that are also part of Street View. So Google, uh, uh, they're just adding to their collection of various places that they've added to Google Street View. So Uluru has made the list. Very good. Uh, check it out, uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen uh, we'll see when I've uh, got with me the uh, the new Surface laptop, and I, I you know what, see. I really like it. It's quite soft. a weird feeling, you what know. It's it's furry. quite a weird thing. Put your hands on. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> but when you rest your hands on, and I got got people took the Mickey out of me for saying this on the TV, but it's not cold to touch, so it's warm when you put your hands down, which yeah. I think is a you know in the in the morning a unibody aluminium computer is cold, so you rest your hands down. It's, it's quite like a, like a toilet seat that's already been sat on. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But in the public toilet, that's the not thing such is, a thing, is it? if you've if you've read the stories and seen the pictures about it being like a, a felt or a furry no, cover, not furry it's not furry at all. It's it's just soft to surface. Yeah, it's just it's just not metal. It's yeah. very hard to describe. Is that what it's called surface. 
No, it's called Surface because of the touchscreen, mate. Have you not okay. been following Microsoft's evolution over I the have, last yeah, 10 years? It's a nice Surface. It is. It? it is also another nice Surface. But also, see, it's, it's the kind of feel that the Surface um, mm. Pro has on its detachable keyboard as well, but it's it's a new generation of that. But the keyboard is is so real and so normal that it's it's quite comfortable to use can as a I laptop. You, and, can I ask you a little question about that? Does that does that feel that, that that soft, warm sort of touch on the keyboard? Does that feel a little bit feminine? Does that does does that like would a down like gung ho bloke want want to have a surface well, like that? Let's talk about who this market is for. Yeah, who's it this for? Is, this is a uni student's laptop. You think so? So the lefty uni students, it's perfect for, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that, that's for that okay. bloke that emailed us telling us he's going to unsubscribe with okay. his political views. But Is that right? Okay. No, I don't feel feminine. If I had the maroon one, that there's a different colours. Yeah. Not only would it be great for Queensland support, soft, but it would probably look a little touch. feminine. But no, I don't think it's yeah. got so, Not I'm that I'm questioning touch. your masculinity or anything. No, I don't rats. I've got three kids, I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, <laughs> is, that what, is that what determines your masculinity, the number of children you've got? Mate, just, I just I don't care three, anymore. I've got three as well, mate. I don't like it. I've got nothing to prove, <laughs> yeah. right? It works. We're all good. You're comfortable. We're done. You're comfortable with yeah. your sexuality. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very tall screen though. It's got the three by yeah. two aspect ratio screen, which I struggled with for some time. Thirteen inches. Thirty point three. It's it's thirteen inches. Um, <laughs> I've got no idea. Yeah, you don't your research. Yeah, I oh, know. Massive, but it's it's a taller screen. Same as the Surface Studio. Did you notice that yeah. with the Surface so Studio? It's a, it's a four by three. I've got the Surface no, Studio. Three by two. Surface Studio's in a box outside the door here. Oh, you still haven't opened. Yeah, it's, I've I got it. I, I, I only got it yesterday. So yeah. it's yeah, it's three you by two. As early as you, mate. All right. You want the Surface Pro tablet as well? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that next week. Uh, I've got it here if you want. <laughs> um, and unlike you, I'm not joking. Yeah. But th- so three by two, so it's much taller than any yeah. traditional kind That's of kind shape. of screen. I like, I like it for productivity yeah. because you can just kind of see more on the screen. It's kind of similar shaped screen to the iPad. Well, not really. That's still widescreen. This is yeah. How's that widescreen? Mate, that's not same aspect two. ratio as that. Is it three by two? You're yeah, right? I reckon it's more four by three. Mm. I reckon an iPad is four by three. Four by anyway, three is, four by three is more a square shape. Four by three. Fifteen hundred bucks entry yeah. price, not bad for a Core i five with four gig of RAM. But remember that you ramp it up uh, to an i seven with sixteen gig of RAM and five hundred twelve gig memory. It's a three thousand three hundred dollar laptop. That's MacBook Pro territory, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think the one I've got here is two grand, right? So this is two fifty six gig storage, eight gig of RAM, Core i five. So this is two grand, right? Yeah. So what can you get for two grand? You can get a MacBook. Entry-level MacBook Pro. You can get a MacBook for $18.99. Yeah. You can get yeah. an entry-level MacBook Pro. Yeah. So I sat it side-by-side side with the MacBook Pro that I've got. Yeah. Mate, it, it gets smashed on graphics. It's yeah. fine on performance, but it's not a graphical computer. The, the, yeah. just the, the um, integrated graphics card is not as powerful as that with a MacBook Pro. So you're using this as your daily drive now, is it? You're using this as Just for a couple of days, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so in terms of what you do, not that you do a lot no. of high-end editing and that every but day. But I'll be able to edit the podcast on this, no dramas at all. So I've installed um, Adobe Creative Cloud. And I could edit video on this, but the problem, see, what people don't realise oh, if you haven't edited a lot of video is it's all well and good to clip the video, but it's the creating of the final version, the rendering yeah. and the exporting that Putting takes together. the time. Yeah. This could do it. It would just take twice as long as, as the MacBook. Yeah, right. So that that's just trade-off. So it's you a have. good student laptop, you think? Great student laptop. I mean, obviously it's pricey, 
But you know the HP Spectre is twenty five hundred dollars. The Toshiba Protege X twenty is two. But that Toshiba that I've been carrying around for the last couple of months is 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 two grand. You know, so but it's gutsy though. It's got a lot of processing power, and that's what you pay for. People think people look at a laptop and think you know customers and a lot of listeners of our podcast they look at a laptop and think well it's got a big screen, it's got a keyboard. Why does it cost so much money? Whereas this one's only six hundred. That's why people because of the what's under the hood is the processing power, the storage, the screen quality as well. What screen quality? Quality is that? It's, is that HD screen? Oh no, it's twenty. It's more than. It's much higher than HD. Is that it's right? Like twenty six hundred, okay. like fifteen hundred. That's probably what's ramped up the price of it. I think totally. Yeah. So, so great screen quality, great processor power, but critically also, do you know what I think is going to happen? This little Windows logo here is going to be more widely seen in unis and schools yeah. than ever before because the Mac has been that appealing thing, that Apple logo. I think Windows has done a bloody smart yeah. move here. Now, the last thing I'll say is, out of the box, it's running Windows ten S. Yeah. Now, it's very weird because you go, <laughs> mate, you go to download something. I just went to download Geekbench, let alone Adobe Premiere, and it just said, no, you can't do that. You can only install apps from the Windows Store. What? And I, I started writing my review. <laughs> then I went, oh, hang on a minute, there's a button. So I pressed it and it said you can go and upgrade to Windows 10 Pro. So you can upgrade it. I did it for free. I don't know that it's always going to be free, but... It was but for it can me. Handle Windows 10 Pro. You can you can switch it over to Windows 10 Pro, but okay. by default, it restricts you to Windows Store apps so that it stays safe and secure. So, really? interesting point. It's kind of like an Apple approach to the iPad sort of thing. Eh? It is. Yes, Apple, that, Apple, right. so iOS, and App Store only. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, not a bad little bit of kit, I reckon. And um, I actually think it will sell really well because do you remember the Surface Book last year? Yes. Hideous. The one with the big, the, the big, big hinge, big hinge, yeah, and it yeah. didn't. It looked like it wasn't closing it, flat. It couldn't have. You can fold it over though, couldn't you? you couldn't. Yeah, but it didn't look like it would close. No, yeah. it didn't fold back. No, it wasn't. Oh, a, right. It wasn't a tablet. Oh, okay, no, it just no. had a massive hinge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't know why you love either. <laughs> it just sounds a hinge. It's sounds... a massive hinge. <laughs> it sounds wrong yeah. for, for it a to have a massive hinge. hinge. Yeah, yeah. But it looked awful. I reckon that was that was a powerful laptop. It was a great yeah. computer, but it looked awful. This, yeah, it's sleek. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. I think they've done a great it, job. It, it they've carried like over the Pro Air, design. MacBook Air. Uh, MacBook Airish. Not quite as narrow, but yeah. But I think it's a good design. Well done to is Microsoft. Is there an SD card slot in it? No, there is not. Hello, what no. the hell? What are they got to no. get? What's that then? Charging. What's that? That's it's a charging, charging port. Yeah. All oh, right, so it's a little flat. Okay, yeah, like, like the like, like the, the old like the, Surface like Pro. Pro. Yeah. So what have they got against micro SD or well, SD card slots? What, there's not even a micro SD card slot no. in there. No. What, what's with that? It wants wants to be everything. You know what? There's a Isn't there a micro SD card slot in the in the tablet? I think so. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. So they've brushed it. Brushed it for the the laptop. Because the MacBook Air still got a a SD card slot. Uh, Only the 13 inch inch. with with the 11 inch doesn't exist. 11 inch anymore. But that's the only. So the MacBook Air is the only laptop Apple makes 13 inch MacBook Air with an SD card slot. Yes, that is correct. Gone. So no, no. There's an adapter for that. And it's USB C um, on everything, I think. But the MacBook Air still got a regular. Yeah, because the MacBook Air is still the old, uh, old school kind of entry level power charger and everything. Yeah, exactly right. So it's got the MagSafe charger on it. Yeah, the MacBook well. Air still does. Yeah. Okay. And how soon before they get rid of that? You reckon? <sighs> You would have thought they would have done it this year with the upgrade to yeah, all the devices. I think so. Interesting. Didn't they update? Did the MacBook Air get an update as well? I think it did. It's the only thing that didn't up, get updated. Surely it's got the latest processor now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, right now. Anyway, Two Blokes Talking Tech, interested in your views, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finney.
You can see the incredible with the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 is back with features consumers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and picture quality. ULED is a result of internationally patented technology to bring the best out of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features include 4K UHD resolution, HDR plus wide colour gamut and local dimming for a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix up to 4K HDR. It's also got Stan, Freeview Plus, along with, along with YouTube built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in 50, 55, 65 and a massive 75 inches. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. Hisense, see the incredible. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Travel on. Well, Stephen, it is time for the most exciting part of the day because it means the end of the podcast. No, no, no. Sorry. It means um, your minute reviews. And uh, kick it off with your new way of writing reviews. This is it. Yeah. Uh, this is Dragon Professional. Now, this this is a – Dragon's been around for a while. It's uh, from Nuance is the company that, that owns Dragon. It's dictation software that the this new professional version, available for PCs, Macs, and, and mobile devices – is remarkably accurate. The accuracy right out of the box, you're talking 99% accuracy. So the ability for you to, rather than typing, I don't know about you, but I'm a terrible typist. I, I type away and I spend half my time correcting what I've typed rather than getting on with what I need to write. Mm. And for me, this is this is a great way to to be a lot more productive. I power through stories now knowing that all I need to do is just compose my thoughts, say what I wanted to write, and it appears in a second on the screen. Now, it, it's it's got to a point now where it recognises your phrases. The more you use it, it gets used to what you're saying, gets used to the way you the way you speak. So the more you use it, the better it gets. It and and for the things that I write, we're writing a lot about about companies and model numbers. It does get most of them right, but you can choose. Um, words off a list, so customised word list to make sure that what you when you say a certain phrase, that's what appears. So how long well. have you been using it for? I've been using this for, I think, the past month. And, and but after that amount of time learning your, your speaking, yeah. how, ma- how many corrections have you got to make after a speaking a review? Very little. Probably, I reckon, if, if I wrote a thousand word story, I probably have to correct probably less than 20 words. It is remarkably accurate and it operates completely offline. There's, it's all within the application. The only need, time you need to be online is to activate it to begin with and to receive any software updates. So it works all offline. It's unlike Siri, which needs internet connection and all these other services. It works all offline. And But not only can it be used for dictation, you can also control your computer. So you can open windows, switch between applications, uh, make searches, write emails, send emails. So you can control the computer with your voice as well. So... All of that adds up to some serious power and, and really what I found is it really increases my productivity. If I need to get something written really quickly, I can rip through this just by composing my thoughts, by talking, and it's all there in front of me and super accurately done as well. So very little time need for me to go back and correct anything. Um, with that With that productivity, you're saving a lot of time. 
And this is obviously aimed at professionals who do a lot of document work with documents and stuff like that. It's it's four hundred and seventy five dollars, so it's not it's not cheap. But you think of the time it's going to save you in 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 a year. You're going to get that that, that money back. Yeah, you know, time's money. So you're going to get that time back. It's going to make you a lot more productive, uh, and you'll be able to get through all that document work really quickly. Wow, big time, big uh, big wraps on Dragon. Uh, check it out. It's uh, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. And uh, wrapping it up, Stephen, with the GoPro Karma drone. You've uh, had a good flight? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've had this for a while and I've uh, finally got around to writing my review. And my conclusion is that it's a great first attempt for for GoPro. It's only going to get better. And it's a drone. All right, done. Thank you. Very good. (laughs) It's a drone designed for – if you're a GoPro customer now – and you're looking to buy a drone, then it's a no-brainer that I think you should get a GoPro Karma because the Karma is aimed at the user who focuses more on what they're shooting and filming rather than getting good at flying a drone. It's a it's a really easy drone to fly. It's like an on-rails experience for, for the user who doesn't have to practice hours and hours of learning how to fly it they can concentrate on getting their video. So it's the controller's got a screen attached. It is one one button takeoff, one button landing, really easy to fly. It's got a really aerodynamic shape too. So even in high wind, it's it's stable 95% of the time. There has been, and you see my video, there is some vibration sometimes in the image. There's also, what I like about it is that it gives you these set modes that, that help you fly like a pro. So you've got your orbits, you've got your uh, your the selfie mode, you've also got the, the circuit mode where it goes back and forth. It's got reveal mode as well, so where it sort of pans along and slowly tilts the camera up to reveal at the end. So all those modes are built in for, for the user who wants to have those pretty slick looking shots without having to learn all these tricks on how to fly the drone on its own. My only my only uh, criticism is the battery, which they say lasts about 20 minutes. I got about 14, 15 minutes per battery. One of the first times I flew the Karma, and, and, and it doesn't let you go in and set your safety parameter. So it doesn't let you go and say, well, I want a warning when the battery reaches 30% capacity, when there's 30%. You just have to accept what the GoPro Karma gives you. Uh, so I remember the first time it said, okay, battery low, return. And I said, okay, turn it around, brought it home. Halfway b- before it was back to me, it said extremely low battery, return to home. I said, okay, I'm doing it, I'm coming. And then by the time it got back to me, it was like a foot off the ground and just dropped to the floor. The battery had just exhausted itself. Jesus. That only happened once. But it's a sort of thing where if you're flying this and thing and To compare water, that to DJI, that's, it's a lot oh, more intelligent. It, 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 if you fly directly away from yourself in a continuous run, You'll you'll get the battery warning much sooner than you will if you're just flying around yourself because it calculates the return it time as well. Very smart. That's one thing that that the GoPro doesn't quite have that level of that level of technology in, on board. It also doesn't have any uh, collision avoidance sensors. But granted, that's that's a, a drone that costs more than a thousand dollars more than the Karma has that on board. So you, you're probably going to have to pay a lot more to have that kind of feature. But if for, for peace of mind for a user, like I was flying this out over water, over sea cliffs, you, you don't want you, – you want a bit of peace of mind knowing that the battery it, – it's got your back in terms of battery power. It's not going to just drop out of the sky. But um, overall, I, I think great great drone takes excellent videos. I think the, the strength of the device is the, uh, the Hero 5 camera in it. And basically my conclusion is that the drone – it's basically a flying mount for your camera. 
and and that that's that's I think how GoPro users should approach it. So if you already own a uh, a, a Hero Five Black, I think you can get it for thirteen hundred and fifty dollars. If you uh, if you do want to get the camera included. And I should also add too, you get the Karma grip with it as well. So you detach the stabilizer arm with the camera on it and then stick it on the Karma grip. So you can, when you're on the ground now, you've got a stable video filming method as well. Uh, so yeah, if you do want to include the Karma, the, the Hero 5 black with the, uh, with the drone, it's $1,750, $1,350 if you've already got the camera. Very good. Check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Right, well, um, you can go back to bed now, mate. You're right. Yeah. yeah. We've no, kept, you, good, we've kept up nice and early. You haven't got your watch on. That's how early I it is, mate. You haven't even got your watch on. Look at you. All right, we'll be back again next week for episode 304. Uh, hopefully there'll be a bunch more tech news around by then because otherwise <laughs> we'll have nothing to talk about, although we seem to get through each and every we did, week. Yeah, we did get it. That was... That was a fuller show than I anticipated when we were working out our hours of preparation beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I was here at five. <laughs> are you kidding? Two blokes talking tech. Get in touch on the on the Twitters at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick and with the license question. Will you? Can you use your license if you just take a photo of your license? I think Rob's already replied. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> is that By good enough? By this time of the podcast, he's already replied. Yeah. Okay. But thank you for that All tweet, right. Rob. But um, and I'm glad I won. I yeah, just, good. Well, you don't have you one yet. Come on. <laughs> two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.